Welcome back to Melius Performance Podcast. Today I am joined by Dr. Adam Fletcher. Dr. Adam Fletcher is a returning guest. If you would wish to listen to the first episode with Adam, just scroll down there to the show notes, click on that link or search that episode and you can download that episode before listening to this. If not, you can listen to this. It is a standalone episode, so we hope you enjoy it. As always, go to meliusconsulting.com.au to find out more about Melius Consulting. If you have a, a free moment and you'd like to, we'd really appreciate a, a review on iTunes or a podcast app, wherever you listen to them. Any reviews will be helpful. And as always, you can contact me at ian.dunican at meliusconsulting.com.au. In this episode, Dr. Adam Fletcher and I discussed his new app called Peak Alert. Um, this is a really interesting app. In a day with a market that's saturated by apps, is this one good? Can it add any benefit? What's the uses? Is it used for athletes, industry? What can it do? What can't it do? We discuss all of this and more in this episode. back to media's performance podcast today i am joined by dr adam fletcher again uh well wait now adam recently on your linkedin it says uh, ceo and adjunct adjunct professor so am i supposed to call you a professor now or doctor what would you like to be called uh as would always be the case with you and me and you could call me adam but thanks for checking <laughs> oh, i could have called you worse <laughs> you probably have <laughs> 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 So, Adam, for the listeners who may not have uh, checked out your previous podcast with us back in the early stages when I was asleep for Performance Radio, um, well, if you want to pause now, you can just scroll down to the show notes where we've linked that episode. You can go back and listen to uh, to Adam there. But for those who want to listen to this episode, Adam, uh, can you give us like a, just a quick two-minute overview background on your kind of education and work experience, please? Yeah, so my, my initial training was really as a research scientist focusing on human sleep. Uh, I was very interested in the like physiological body systems that are relevant for sleep, but also the psychological context because obviously things like stress and other psychological factors can really influence our sleep as well. And eventually I did my PhD to specifically investigate how do you measure and predict human performance, particularly in businesses that operate 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. So safety critical industries in particular, mining, oil and gas, healthcare, airlines, logistics, etc. Um, and I worked as a research scientist for a couple of universities. I eventually worked as a research psychologist for the US Army based in Washington, DC. And then back in 2006, I moved back to Australia and, and launched my company, Integrated Safety Support. And really since then, uh, my team and I have been trying to convert or translate the science and the medicine of occupational alertness, fatigue management, you know, shift work management into something that's actually practical and useful. So we do do contract research, but the majority of our efforts is really trying to translate the complexity from the science and the medicine mm -hmm. into something useful to identify risks, manage risks and things like that. Yeah. No worries. So, um, Adam, over the last couple of years, um, you know, you've, you've uh, like you say, been working in this area and recently you've, um, you know, you've launched an app called Peak Alert. Um, so this app is, you know, is out now in, in a day where we're saturated with apps, wrist-worn technology, all sorts of novel devices. Um, what, what made you like want to want to get into the business of sort of launching an app? What, what was your kind of catalyst into that? Because it is a kind of a like I say a saturated field, and there is a spectrum of like really crap products out there to, to decent products. Mm. Yeah, look, it was really something that our clients were calling on us to do. Um, I was very resistant in the early years when those discussions were happening, and people would come to me almost weekly asking about different sleep apps or sleep tracking apps or fatigue prediction apps. And, yeah, frankly, the vast majority of them, especially at that time, were junk. And so mostly I was just batting people away saying, you know, it's junk. I've looked into it. There's nothing behind it. Um, but eventually, you know, clients sort of wore me down. Um, and we originally... We, we originally started with a very simple app, which is also available. We've got two apps at the moment. Uh, one is called 
fatigue safe and the other one is called peak alert. So the fatigue safe one, which is uh, the simpler one, that's really just a one minute personal self-assessment to help people really reflect within themselves as to whether they're showing signs and symptoms of fatigue and then getting a clear category with actionable items that falls out the back end of it. Um, but the Peak Alert app, which, which you've asked about, that, that's definitely more sophisticated. It's actually something that's linked to the work that I was doing at Walter Reed with the US Army because there's actually a, a significant heart to the Peak Alert app is actually a piece of intellectual property that we've licensed from the US Department of Defence. And it's effectively a, an individualised algorithm that learns about the user through their smartphone. Uh, and that learn, learning can happen both from you doing like three-minute reaction time tests into the app, but you can also automatically link it or, or manually add sleep data through, you know, Apple Health Kit, you know, Google Fit, and actually allow permission to learn about you in terms of your sleep and performance and actually build up some fairly personalized predictions about your own performance, which is great if you're needing to stay safe, great if you're a high performance person and you want to do things when you're at your peak. Um, and it can also help you optimize timing for caffeine and things like that to really get you to your peak alertness, hence the name, Peak Alert. Yeah, yeah. Let's just back up for a second, Adam, and the first app you spoke about, Fatigue Safe. What exactly, um, what's the purpose or the objective of that app and how can people use that? Yeah, so Fatigue Safe is really intended to be a, a self-assessment process. Uh, some would say self-assessment, some might say subjective, but it's really a, a reflection within myself. So it has a very simple set of questions that really anchors my awareness within myself in terms of you know, what sleep I've had, the quality of that sleep, whether I've very recently shown signs and symptoms of sleepiness or fatigue, to really just ground myself in my own self-awareness so that I can make a better informed decision about should I complete this safety critical task I've just been asked to do. Or I might be thinking about the fact that because I slept terribly last night that maybe I'm not safe to drive to work to take on a shift that I'm actually rostered for. And so really the intent of it is to try and trigger sensible conversations that don't normally happen. You know, if, right. if we can help people self-identify that perhaps they're not at the, the level of alertness they need to be to do a, a task safely, then we're hoping that it triggers a conversation between that person and their supervisor or that person and their manager um, rather than just assuming that everything will be fine and learning about things after mistakes happen. So we're really just trying to help people be more pro proactive and, and have more proactive conversations in the workplace to manage risks as they're identified rather than just assuming and carrying on, assuming everything's fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So now when we're kind of he he heading into the Christmas period and, you know, with airline travel not being, you know, so prevalent as it was before, people may be driving longer distances and so on. So anybody can kind of download this app and even before they, they drive on an eight-hour drive, you know, on holidays down the coast, wherever they're going, they can fill this in and go, oh, okay, this is, uh, this is my kind of current state or after four hours they can do it again so from an individual perspective they can use the app in that capacity or if it's in a business business somebody can use it on the way to work or when they start work or even a supervisor could use it to initiate a conversation with a potentially fatigued employee at let's say four o'clock in the morning yeah absolutely and the the fatigue safe app is a free app we make it available to anyone who wants to use it effectively so yeah, for people that potentially have driver fatigue because of long-distance driving, people that are working, especially if they're working long hours or out of the normal Monday to Friday 9 to 5, then, yeah, absolutely, it's a resource people can find on, on both the app stores and use it for, for free. Yeah, we do have That's quite, quite fatigue, fatigue safe. Fatigue safe, all one word, so, yeah. no, no space yeah. in the middle. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we have, like, sort of corporate um, dashboard layers as well for corporate clients but for individual users it's freely available and our aim is to always make it available for free to anyone who would like to use it oh excellent so when you talk about the the corporate clients or the corporate dashboards um so for example if if you got a company that let's say has you know five teams 20 people in each team and you're a managing director or manager of that you know area you could then see an aggregate view of those five teams and, and what's happening on a daily basis the frequency the potential time of day, all this data would be available? Yeah, exactly. The data is quite simple and we can slice and dice it however a particular 
client needs it. I mean, if they want to look at it, aggregate across everyone, that's obviously easy. If they want to stratify it by geography or team or even time of day or type of shift, I mean, they're all pretty basic filters. Um, and, you know, we can set up the dashboard uh, with those sorts of customizations based on, you know, what a particular client needs. Yeah, that's quite good because, um, you know, in industry applications where people have filled in these forms, kind of similar to like a take five or a pre-start safety checklist, you know, in, in, in high-risk industries, you see people sometimes being asked, you know, enter those manually into a system or an Excel sheet and then people try to drag it together. It gets quite cumbersome, you know, it's costly, it's time-consuming, and it's frankly just a pain in the ass, you know. Yeah. So it's this a- system is really nice where it's dragging it live every every time. Exactly, yeah. You, d- you definitely want to make sure you can avoid those disincentives and and a lot of the time it is a process disincentive if uh, you know if it's just too hard so we really want the data well firstly we really want the feedback from the app to the user to be valuable you know we we have a real resistance to giving people things to do that they don't actually get some sort of benefit from so we're actually aiming for it to be personally valuable to give the person a clear reflection of their own state based on their own assessment and, and we find that if we can make it quick and easy and largely automated and people are getting immediate feedback and value, they're going to want to use it just for their own purposes. Yeah, yeah. The fact that there's corporate data and corporate intelligence building up through the aggregate, you know, from our point of view, that's a flow-on benefit if you can get the user experience for the actual individual users right. And I presume, Adam, in a day where people are worried about, you know, <laughs> people are worried about COVID apps and worried about people sharing their data and and so on, and you know that's a that's a discussion of itself on privacy, and people can debate that all they want offline of this one. But um, in a in a corporate setting, I presume all that data is de-identified, and you're just looking at trends by team or by time of day, like you said. Correct. Yeah. At this point in time, we actually can't even identify individuals if we wanted to. So oh, we've, actually, okay. we've we've actually hard coded it currently so that it's not possible to to have that. Yeah. Not because of anything we would ever intend to do with it, but just eliminates a whole bunch of risks. Um, now, potentially yeah. in the future, we can revisit that and, and perhaps have some more sophisticated controls where people are willing to give permission for certain amounts of data. But right now, we've just defaulted to a very conservative view, which is that we can't get that information even if we wanted to. Yeah, excellent. All right. So, Fatigue Safe app, that's, and it's great that it's free. So, We'll put a link to that in the show notes and people can just download that and play around with it themselves either for individual use, you know, or um, try it at work or show your mates and, you know, it's a good uh, it's a good thing to share around. Yeah, absolutely. So, we're, we're always um, improving it. So if people have got feedback and ideas or features they'd love to see, yeah, please feel free to reach out to me or any of my team because we're really wanting to uh, perpetually make it better. Yeah, just just a note on apps as well. Like I think it's really important before people download apps and use them. Adam is not advocating. I certainly haven't before in any podcast or any sort of work that this will cure fatigue or this will be a substitute. It's just generating information for yourself to guide your own improvement. Yeah. This is not the this is not an intervention based app, and I think that's really important because so many people, you know, and I'm sure Adam, you get the same thing. Um, People come to you and go, I've been using this app for like 35 days. My sleep's getting worse. So I'm using this watch and it's, you know, getting no improvement. Well, it's only a measurement tool. So whether it be objective or self-reported. So, yeah, again, word of caution on apps. They're not going to, they're not going to solve everything for you. You know, so. No, I can't really add to that. You're absolutely spot on. I just don't want people ringing you up and going, this app doesn't work at them. I'm still fatigued. <laughs> now, another app that may actually prove to help with interventions is this next app that you've spoken about, Peak Alert. So it's uh, on on your business website, Integrate uh, Safety Support. So there's obviously some information on there. You can get the links. And again, we'll put them in the show notes. But can you give us a bit of a background, Adam, on the, the science that underpins the Peak Alert app? Definitely. So we were just talking about Fatigue Safe, which is really that self-assessment or subjective analysis of how I'm feeling, um, peak alert is in a very different category. So it's it's actually not influenced by how I feel at all. It's only about how I'm actually performing objectively in the app, but also what information I'm feeding into the algorithm relating to my sleep pattern, which we can capture automatically as data if you give us permission to pull the information out of the Apple Health Kit or Google Fit. Uh, or you can manually enter your sleep in. 
and also your caffeine. So again, you can have default times when you have caffeine or you can manually enter when you have caffeine. But the actual base algorithm that sits inside it is something that we have licensed from the US Department of Defense. Um, as far as I'm aware, we're, we're still the only organization in the world to be granted permission to use that IP and use that algorithm. It is their current cutting edge capability in this space. It's got an artificial intelligence heart. It learns about the individual. The algorithm changes based on what the, what the algorithm learns about that individual. Um, and really all of the other technologies in this space uh, that are in commercial availability in the world do not have access to this particular version of the technology. Any of them that are similar are all on a previous generation or perhaps in some cases a couple of generations ago. So it really is the cutting edge personal performance measurement, personal performance prediction um, at an individual level that the US Department of Defence has. Obviously, we're mainly using it for civilian or non-military applications, um, but certainly we've been having a lot of uptake in fairly paramilitary kind of businesses like emergency services, ambulances and things like that, or yeah, search, yeah. search and rescue or emergency response helicopter operations. So there's a lot of businesses that are more like government agencies, but they sort of almost operate as if they're para paramilitary. So we've certainly had a lot of interest and uptake from those, as well as some other industries like healthcare, where, you know, there's been a huge amount of system pressure this year because of COVID, um, and a lot of the resource pools have been pretty lean. So the people left are getting stretched and fried at times. And so, you know, we've been able to use this sort of app to just help orientate where people are and, and help educate people individually, but also get richer data and richer communications happening within teams so that the system itself can stay safer and, and more resilient. Yeah. And so, again, Adam, like with the Fatigue Safe app, is this um, for individuals and groups as well or just individuals? Yeah, it's, it's available for both individuals and corporates um, and similar in a way to, to Peak Alert. So um, because we have to pay for the IP that we're using from Department of Defence, we do have a low-cost subscription on Peak Alert. Um, it's not very much. It's uh, last time we set it up, I think it was uh, in US dollars, I think it's about $4, $4.50 per year. Um, I think there's a monthly subscription option of like, a dollar a year, a dollar a month or something, but the cheapest option by far is the annual subscription, which is like, yeah, five dollars or something like that. Um, you know, we yeah, made or, we, uh, just, just, just right now on the website, it just says, uh, sorry, on the Apple's iStore, it says four dollars 49 US, yeah, or, or for a year or 99 cents a month. Um, you know, so in Australian dollars terms, it's probably what six dollars for the year, six fifty, right? Price for fancy coffee is to say. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so we're keeping the price as low as we can given our actual cost base. Um, and look, we might we might have enough scale in the future that we can actually make this product available for free like our other one. I mean, that's in my view, that would be the ideal. I would, I would love to have a setup where our base offerings are actually available to anyone who wants to use them and gets value from them. But similarly to Peak Alert, we're progressing the corporate dashboard. So, you know, this is something we're working with a few um, foundation clients with at the moment so that they can evolve exactly what customizations they need. But there's not like a really, really rich dashboarding uh, business analytics capability at the moment. We're, we're sort of starting with some fairly basic functions we think everyone will use, um, but we're definitely open to working with partners to really build better customizations that are going to give better intelligence um, to be able to monitor groups and performance and ideally be identifying risk exposures before they yeah, become yeah. an issue, yeah. Yeah, all right, so let's, let's um, if you don't mind, let's work through maybe two examples. We'll take an industry example and a sport example. Right. So if my, if my name is uh, Billy Bloggs and you know I work in a high-risk industry such as oil and gas, I get up at five o'clock in the morning, I have my breakfast, have a shower, half five, I'm ready to go to work because I'm very efficient. Um, how would I be able to use the Peak Alert app at half five in the morning and what benefit would it give me for my day ahead? In, with the example you just mentioned, I'm getting a kind of feeling or a vibe that this person's pretty organised. You know, they've got a set sleep pattern. They know when they need to go to sleep. They know when they're going to get up. Um, you know, in that case, they're probably feeling reasonably fresh and sharp because they're on a pretty clear pattern, pretty clear schedule. 
Yeah. Um, so on a normal day, it may well be that they are fine when they wake up and they're fine to get to work, but it's actually through the shift that sometimes they have some troughs or slumps where they're really struggling a bit, especially if the job that they're doing can be quite repetitive and there's not a lot of flexibility in the role. So, you know, a good example might be driving a haul pack, you know, driving a haul truck in a mine. It's a pretty repetitive job. There's not a lot of things I can change about the actual task. And sometimes there's going to be kind of repetitive or boring aspects to a drive. And I might, my brain just might, stop, might start switching off and things like that. So, you know, in that sort of scenario, then definitely during a break, either a break I ask for or a break that I'm scheduled, I could certainly spend three minutes doing a, you know, performance test in the app and kind of doing a bit of a check-in to see how I'm going and see whether how I'm feeling lines up with the actual data. Um, that would be one one use case. But, you know, if it's someone who's perhaps not as organised or not as routine in their sleep pattern and work pattern, then certainly before they drive to work could be a really valuable time to actually yeah. check in with the app and test. Because if I've been on four or five days off and I've been sleeping until 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning and going to bed at midnight, and then all of a sudden, I've got to actually be getting up at 3.30 in the morning to be at work by 5, then the, the model will be able to track the fact that you're out of sync, you're out of the ideal, and, and tell you the data, give you the feedback accordingly. So this is like what we call social jet lag, which we discussed with Miriam Judah um, a few months ago on the podcast. So this kind of social jet lag or circadian misalignment due to like a shift work pattern so obviously then the app, Adam, can take in the sleep that the person's had previously or over time. Like you said, the algorithm kind of flexes. It's obviously got some sort of circadian variation. And then it's got this um, three-minute reaction time kind of, you know, test that people can do. Is it always three minutes or does it go longer or is it just always a standard three-minute test? So, so the test that's embedded in it, which you can use to increase the training of the app for your data, it's always a three-minute test, um, and that's yeah. really because of the validations that were done when the original intellectual property and studies were being developed. Um, and look, there's lots of debates in the scientific community about how fast or how short should performance tests be. Um, traditionally, we'd have 10 or 20-minute tests um, and they got very boring and people made a lot of mistakes because they couldn't concentrate. But over time, we've really tried to shorten them up. And I think not in all uh, environments, but in a lot of environments now, I think most people would accept that a two or three minute test is probably about the minimum you can get to for, for certain applications. But we just use a three minute test. We encourage people to do it when they're fully alert and we encourage people to do it when they're caffeinated. And we encourage people to do it on days where they know that they're struggling. So we can effectively get these different inputs from alert, caffeinated, fatigued training. And we basically can tag those training sessions with those tags so that we let the algorithm know what kind of training input it is. And does it make a prediction out of performance? A certain, is it just a kind of a here and now, this is how I, my performance is now? Or does it make a prediction you know, three, four, six, ten hours into the future. So maybe you can plan out those tasks in advance based upon your reaction time, your circadian rhythm, you know, your sleep. It does both. So it'll give you an, an immediate response in terms of where am I at right now, and it'll actually make a prediction for the next week. Now, obviously, the, oh, further, yeah, the further you get into the future, the, the weaker the accuracy would be. Um because you don't have your actual sleep times and your actual caffeine times. But yeah, yeah. If, you're, if you're someone who's very disciplined uh, and you do have very consistent sleep times, very consistent caffeine times, then the actual prediction will be pretty accurate, especially once you've trained it with your own data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And would the, would the app then be sensitive enough or clever enough, clever enough as if it's in there thinking about things like, like a human? Um, but is it, is it, I suppose, is the machine learning good enough to pick up that, like, let's say every Friday night that, you know, Billy, ba Billy, Billy Baggs doesn't go to sleep till midnight, but every other day he goes to bed at, like, 8 o'clock, but Friday night he has a kind of a blowout and he goes drinking or stays up late. Does it, does it learn that over time that there's certain days of the week or certain times that certain things happen? 
No, it's not that smart. Um, I think it's a really good idea because the the truth is, like having done a lot of data analytics on like very different data sets, the, the, the thinking behind your question is actually often something that we find. Like when we do really big analyses, we'll often find that like the actual weekend calendar or even a public holiday calendar or school holiday calendar, you can actually find patterns with safety incidents and other things based on yeah, time of day, day of week, whether it's school holidays or not. Um, so I think there probably are patterns in that data, but the way it's built at the moment, it's not looking at that level of sensitivity. Yeah, I'm just kind of thinking in my mind about rotating shift workers who are going from days to afternoons to nights, followed by a period of time off, as an example. And, you know, different things are going to happen because we're going to constantly have that. But if the app could, you know, learn that. That, that said, though, that's, it's still really valuable information to have. So when, when you do the app, if uh, sorry, when you do the test on the app and it gives you your time now and you're into the future, how how do you know whether you're good or bad um, depending on the scale or the output? Is it color-coded? Does it tell you you're at risk? Or how does that work? Because um, a lot of people say when we, we provide scientific information, they're like, well, we don't actually know if that's good or bad. What's the scale? Yeah. How good am I re- in comparison to other people? And we, we often kind of have this, Kind of just, we think that people have to have the knowledge already to don't. So, how do, how does this make it easy for people to interpret it really quickly without that technical scientific training? Uh, this is something I think as scientists we we need to keep working on because I I honestly feel like the simplest we get it to as scientists is still not accessible enough for normal people. Um, so at the moment we're using a scale that has like your millisecond response times. Now, we do effectively educate people through the – there's a video that we just uploaded a couple of weeks ago. There's a video that people would watch before they use the app. It's like a two-minute video. It's part of the onboarding process within the app. And within that, we explain to people that a really, really fast, like, performance reaction time on this test is about 200 to 250 milliseconds. Once you get to sort of 300 and 350, that's starting to show some signs of impairment. And and once you get to like half a second response, then you're really talking about lapses and clearly a, a failure to respond in a, in a quick time frame. So, so the short answer to your question is we're looking at millisecond response capability. We help people interpret, you know, what's really good, which would be sort of the 200 to 250 millisecond response average. What's not so good, 300, definitely to 350 but I think we need to get better at doing proper color coding and really try and be as best we can more clean and more categorical for people because scientists are perfectly comfortable with it being a very yeah yeah uh, moving moving flexible dynamic but in the real world that's too complex for most people to actually work with so we've got to try and get a bit more categorical color coded um, and improve that even more over time yeah, and particularly like if you're you know a supervisor or somebody doing a technical job at four o'clock in the morning in an environment where it's you know loud, hot, or cold, and extreme conditions, you don't be sitting there going, mm, "I like the nuance of this curve. If I do this, this, and this, this is what it should be." You just want to be kind of a go or a no go, so to speak. You know, correct. You so, need something actionable. Yeah, actionable. Yeah, exactly. Actionable. Just to, just to, just to automate those. Um, it's a bit like I think you know I think what. I think Drew Dawson's spoken about this before, and I know from my experience in the military, we used to have this as well. It's called fatigue proofing. Mm-hmm. You know, things that you just kind of nearly do over and over again that just automatically happen. So you know at a certain time, if you get like a red, this doesn't happen, or a green, you can proceed. And it's just that, exactly. you know. Yeah, and look, in, in a really mature organisation, we obviously link these with parts of their procedures. So if you get yeah. result X, the action you take is why. You know, if you get result A, you don't need to do any further action. You know, like so in you know, as people build up the skill with it and it becomes more of a mature system, then you can absolutely link it with actionable procedures. Although we normally recommend in the like more short to medium term, we normally recommend not getting too uh, procedural or demanding from an organization point of view. It's better actually just to provide the resource to the staff. And basically, you know, give them access, give them privacy assurances because they're not collecting their personal data, make it very clear that they would have to give permission to even collect data out of their devices and they can obviously choose to not do that. 
So we're really just trying to build the trust in the in the short to medium term. Um, the aim of this really is to deliver value straight back to the user. And you know, our ethos is that we'll only get the corporate aggregate value flowing if we get enough individual users actually really wanting to use it each day or each work day or whatever it is. So um, you know, that's that's how we approach it. All right. So in another example, Adam, um, you know, which we often talk about in this podcast as well is working with, you know, um, serious athletes or, you know, you know, either what amateur athletes or, you know, Olympians or elite athletes, how might they be able to benefit from such an app when they, you know, might have to go to work during the day, typically like a nine to five, train in the evening, train in the morning. They don't know when to train. Can they use this app to maybe make those trade-offs or, you know, how, how can this be utilized in, in sort of high performance sport? I mean, in many ways, it's it's actually built for high-performance people and high-performance teams. Um, there's a specific feature in Peak Alert called Optimize. Now, Optimize is where you set a specific window of time where you need to be at your peak. So it might be a three-hour period from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. in two days' time. And you can Which actually represent like a soccer game or a rugby game on a Friday night from during that period. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, so you might have a very specific period of time that you want to be at your best, and you can effectively hit the optimize button, and it'll give you a personalized prediction of what to do. Now, when we educate people about using this tool, like we would always encourage that sleep is the primary thing that you're planning. So we really want people to be using it in a way to inform themselves about optimising their sleep, making a priority of sleep and really getting as much in the bank or in the tank from their preparation because of sleep, be they anchor sleeps or more napping. But the system itself will also give you caffeine advice. So, you know, on the assumption that you've got the sleep that you've put into the system, it'll also then say, well, if you want to be at your absolute peak at this time for three hours, then our recommended Caffeine intake for you would be, you know, X milligrams at this time, X milligrams at that time, and really tries to help you get there. Now, that obviously then becomes a decision for that individual. That person might go, well, shit, I don't want to be having 200 milligrams of caffeine at 9 p.m. Um, so, you know, you can obviously take up the advice or not. And sometimes if your peak performance period is just before when you're going to try and get to sleep, you might actually not have the caffeine it recommends or if it's in the middle of the daytime or it doesn't really matter how long you're awake after the event, after the you know game or whatever, um, then you might take the advice. But it really is set up for those high-performance times. Yeah. So it would take a little bit of um, education and, and nuance kind of thinking when you're, you know, you're not going to optimise for training Monday to Thursday. If you're training from 7 to 9, you're not going to be taking, you know, Two, three hundred milligrams of caffeine because you have to go to bed and get up for work the next day. But you're just going to use this specifically for a competitive period when you have a game every two weeks, or you know, if you're a, a martial artist that's a boxer or whatever that's fighting at night time, then you're going to use it. But it's not to be used for every single day because you want to like because we can't optimize, you know, and perform at max every time in a training session. That should be right. kept for those competitive periods. Exactly, and I think anyone who's very serious will already understand this. You know, you, anyone who's taking um, pre-workout supplements or caffeine or other things for training now, you know you can't use your full stack every single day. Like your adrenals might get fried, your endurance might get reduced. You know, I think anyone who's really serious understands that you can't throw everything at every day. You've, you've really got to pick those peak times. So, yeah, it's up to the individual and, and their constitution and their aims and goals to kind of triangulate all of that. But I think, again, in many ways, the app's built for these sorts of people um, because yeah. it's already it's already trying to help them optimise their sleep, trying to help them optimise their caffeine, and then they can interpret it based on their training and um, game schedule or match schedule, yeah. Yeah, that might be a that might be a function of age to Adam as well, because I know that some guys in their early twenties or late teens, uh, especially in martial arts, their training session is like you're fighting to the death, you know. Right. <laughs> so okay. where where the older the older ones of us forty plus are quite happy to to give in or take it easy or go home early. So it's a little yeah. bit different. So <laughs> I think we we pick our targets a bit better. <laughs> yeah. 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 
Hence why I just like going swimming. <laughs> but then, but there's a there's a there's a good thing like you know because that that's a classic example. We were talking before the podcast about swimming, you know, and swimming times are extremely erratic even at the high levels. And for people like myself being amateurs, um, you know, I just partake in swimming for personal challenges. As an example, today is Monday. You know, I was up this morning at four forty-five to go swimming at half five to seven because of pool availability. I will probably swim mid morning tomorrow. I will swim. You know, Thursday night from seven to half eight, and then again on Saturday morning at like half five to half eight or something. You know, and that's a massive variation in training times from late even to early in the morning. So I'm not going to want to be getting up at you know three a.m. to consume caffeine to be at peak performance for an early morning training session. I'm going to want to maximize my sleep to as much as I can, and then get up and sort of you know have my gear ready from the night before so I can then get maximize sleep um, for a session. Exactly. And look, you know, when, whenever we're talking about these sorts of tools, we will always put sleep at the front. Um, it's very easy to get caught up in trying to use stimulants and other things to try and uh, influence our energy levels and things like that. But, but really, sleep should be the fundamental foundation. I mean, the app definitely is pretty well programmed for caffeine and utilising caffeine. Um, but we've got to like think back to the originating context of the development of this technology. It was for military use, and often you're having fairly significant amounts of caffeine when it, you're going into a dangerous area, or it's somewhere that you can't stop and nap and rest. Like oftentimes, you know, it, it's actually safer to load people up with some caffeine, get them in, get them out, and then worry about their sleep later. Whereas for the vast majority of us, we're not in that context. For the vast majority of us, we should be really focusing on our daily sleep pattern first. And then for those of us that choose to have caffeine, then we're obviously complementing caffeine on top of a really healthy sleep pattern. And exactly as you said before, like you're not going to be using caffeine to train at 10 p.m. at night, even though you might be training sometimes at 10 p.m. at night. But if it's a major match, major game, major fight, and it's at 10 o'clock at night, then yeah, absolutely. Why wouldn't you use caffeine and things that are legal to actually enhance your performance just thinking about the other crazy uses of apps adam um uh we've spoke we've spoken about this before maybe on the last podcast we might have spoken about this but i know we've spoken about face to face when we were in johannesburg a number of years ago it was geez, that's nearly 10 years ago i think it was 2011 we were at, that's right uh, yeah that sounds yeah right. um yeah Adam and I were like 15 at the time. Um, <laughs> we were at a, kind of a conference talk, whatever it was, from International Council of Minerals, Metal Ipekia, um, which is oil and gas, OGP, in Johannesburg. And it was held at a, and I was looking at fatigue risk management, and it was held actually at a casino. So most people were staying at the hotels at the casino. The, the conference was in the casino. Dinners were in the casino. And I remember like, you know, we were sitting there, Adam, and he said, like you, like you said to me, like, do you know what time it is? And I was like, no. And he goes, and you were like, it's like half one in the morning. But like the way the lighting was and the sort of the activity and it felt like it was like seven or eight o'clock at night. And I was like, what? And it was like something like crazy, like one o'clock or half twelve or midnight, whatever. It was something crazy anyway. And I remember going, Jesus, this is so good. So the other thing is, Adam, could people use this app then to maybe identify periods of good time where they could go gambling? Um, like with a circadian variation in, in gambling and could they use it then for the best time maybe to go on the night out, have a few drinks? You know, when would they be your sharpest? Maybe to chat up somebody, you know. What, 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 what's, the, what's the kind of uh, funny uses maybe people could use for peak alert? Uh, I'm sure you're not shocked to hear I've never been asked this question. Have you <laughs> or, not? Or anything even vaguely similar, no. Um, really? You've never been asked this? No. I think mainly because oh. we, we're usually talking about, you know, using it in a work context. Um, and we're sort of going more into like personal performance for non-work stuff at the moment. Um, so Adam, as, 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 you, as you're pondering, Adam, I'm going to give you the rationale behind my question is, and this will probably, st- there's, a, there's a paper about moral judgments and decision-making after 56 hours of wakefulness. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I have, but um, not, not for a long time. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty interesting. It got me thinking about, you know, people who, you know, would be very tired during the week from working, then would go out and sort of abuse alcohol, abuse drugs, you know, maybe do something that they shouldn't have done or <laughs> say something they shouldn't have said. Um, yeah, I've got a list here of things that I'm regretful of in my, in my early 20s, but all oh, probably sleep and alcohol related too. Uh, 
so yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about like those type of things. Like, so that that's that's my kind of, you know, and I, I just think about the kind of the, the the what's in it for them, what's the hook? Because mm-hmm. some people would, you might get people to use it for a kind of a different reason, but you know, who yeah. knows? Yeah, look, I I can't say we know for sure, but in theory, really anything that has a performance element, you could help optimize yourself. You know, it could be that your performance is gambling. Could be your performance is being good in a social setting and, you know, trying to go out on dates that are engaging and enjoyable. Um, yep. You know, really anything that yeah, has a clear performance element, in theory, yep, this could help you be in the zone when you need to be in the zone. Um, obviously, if someone's, like, moving their sleep timing a lot, that's going to limit what's possible. Whereas if you're on a really clean sleep-wake schedule normally, then your ability to then dial up performance on specific moments or specific periods is going to be a lot better than someone who's just already all over the clock. It's going to be a, a lot more difficult to get to that really peak performance. Yeah. yeah. This is uh, very interesting. And Adam, when we talk about performance, are we talking about cognitive or physical performance or both? Look, the majority of the research that is behind all of this is about mental or cognitive performance. Um, obviously, over time, jobs are becoming less and less physical. And certainly in the military setting where this technology was developed, that's true. I mean, sometimes you're challenged with environmental factors like heat and humidity, especially if you've got a lot of personal protective gear, it's very hot and things like that. So there's a physical aspect. But mostly the research that sits behind this is about mental or cognitive performance in in different dimensions so it could be uh, reaction time performance it could be grammatical reasoning and uh, skills that are needed for good quality communication and articulation it could be mathematical and numerical calculation capability so there's a lot of dimensions obviously to to mental or cognitive performance Uh, and the research that sat behind this really looked and explored a very wide range of those things so it's we're talking about performance fairly broadly but yeah. as a general rule, if your brain is shutting down or if your brain is impaired because of sleep deprivation or something else, it's a fair assumption that you're going to lose your vigilance and concentration as well as your ability to communicate and articulate, as well as your ability to you know, monitor and solve complex problems. Like they kind of all go down the toilet you know, together you know, in broad terms. Um, it's not quite that simple, but you know, broadly speaking, you know, you can talk about performance. Yeah. I just think as you were standing, I was just thinking of other applications, you know, high school kids trying to identify the best time to maybe study in the evening, get your best bang for your book. So instead of like sitting there for four or five hours looking at a book, not knowing what's going on, you've got this window of two hours where it's going to be more effective mm-hmm. or you got an ex- you got an exam coming up. How do you kind of, you know, sleep optimize and caffeine optimize prior to exam? You know, whether you're at school, university, or you're doing some postgraduate study, there's, there's just endless uses for this app. Um, and I think it's, like you said, it's whatever you define peak performance being or peak alertness being for you, yeah. you can use this app either to assess yourself at that time or get ready for a specified period of time or look at periods where you can optimize over time as well. Yeah, no, look, that's exactly what we've discovered this year as well. Like we've been quite pleasantly surprised at different groups or different um, areas of interest that have come out and started talking to us. So. Yeah, high performance for online gaming and esports, you know, was something that wasn't on our radar but now is. Um, definitely professional athletes and high performance sports training, another really big category. Um, anyone really in a, a 24-hour work environment, usually those are safety critical to some degree, you know, heavier industries and things like that. That's sort of our obvious base. Um, but, yeah, esports, university studies, um, professional or serious athletes, like, you know, they're kind of groups that we haven't talked to a lot up until this year. Um, and because of this app and also just because of some other work we've been doing, there's really a little bit of convergence, you know, from the things that were really important to keep people safe are actually really handy to try and optimise performance for the same people and optimise performance for other groups, um, depending on what they're trying to be optimal in. Um, but it's something we're working on with a couple of other initiatives at the moment as well. And actually, there's a whole range of reasons why in the future we should be able to use relatively fun, simple 
tests to actually get a, a mental or cognitive performance monitoring on young school children, older school children, universities, staff, volunteers for a firefighting brigade. Like there's really a very wide range of applications um, and particularly for those people like most of us that choose to have caffeine as part of what we have, then this tool in particular is is handy because there's no other validated algorithm that actually allows for some personal caffeine input in a valid, validated way. Yeah. Excellent. All right. So if you would like to check out Peak Alert or Fatigue Safe, you can go over to Adam's website, which is integratesafety.com.au. All that information is there. It's also on the uh, App Store for Apple. Uh, it's also on Google Play as well. Um, Adam, you're on LinkedIn under Dr. Adam Fletcher. If people want to connect with you there, uh, if people want to get in contact with you, I suppose they can um, just go to the website and send an information there under the contact us. Exactly. Um, and you've got your, uh, yeah, all your information there. So integrate safety support. You can follow Adam on LinkedIn. Um, you have a business page on LinkedIn as well. So lots of information there um, if people want to get in touch. Adam, did I forget anything? Is there anything else you would like to mention before we uh, wrap up today? No, I don't think you forgot anything. The only thing I forgot to say, which I'll say now, is that, um, as I said before, the uh, Fatigue Safe app is free to anyone who wants to use it. The Peak Alert app, there is a subscription, but if you just want to try it out, you actually can use the full app for free for 30 days. So you don't have to, you don't have to get a subscription just to try it out. There is actually a 30-day trial built into the app for free. So you basically can try it before you buy it effectively. And I didn't mention that before, but it's worth the listeners being aware of because then they can just try it out for nothing. And if they think it's going to be valuable, then they can buy the fancy coffee, as you said, for one-year subscription um, and, you know, keep using it. Yeah, like for four forty nine USD, it's like, yeah, about $6. It's not that much, you know, for a year. And, and if you can get to use it for work and it provides benefit or if you want to use it for going out gambling, drinking, socializing, <laughs> studying for exams, competing in a fight, playing a game of football, or maybe you want to do all of those things. I was about to say, that sounds like a standard week for you, Ian. I wish it was, Matt. Yeah, I'd be a better half seven. Don't worry about that. My, the, the, the life the, the life and the energy I portray is quite different than what actually happens. <laughs> That's actually a relief. Thank you for listening. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be curled up a half-life on the couch tonight. Don't worry, I have to get up at 4.45. <laughs> Adam, thanks very much for coming on. Really appreciate it. And we wish you all the best with the app in the future. Thanks very much, Ian. Appreciate the opportunity to come on again. And, um, yeah, wish everyone a safe and hopefully – relaxing um you know next few months until we can have a bit of a reset for 2021 oh, i'm not religious but amen to that <laughs> too many days in the darkness without a glimpse of the light running tired and broken and scared but i swear i'll never give up the fight i see you broken and beat down over your eyes Every part of you wants to surrender Darling, you were meant to survive With every start We are born again Open your heart Spend this time in your head Sunrise, just a couple of bro-
so 